0: This is episode twenty-nine of Extraordinary Women Radio. Welcome to Extraordinary Women Radio. I am your host, Cami Gilner. Women are being called to live with voice, vitality, and vigor. Each month, join me for wisdom-filled interviews with extraordinary women living out loud and making a difference in our world. Their stories will uplift, inspire, and spark your own purpose-driven journey. Wow. I am feeling so awesome this week as my Extraordinary Women Ignite event was last week. And there's nothing that I love more than having a room full of very extraordinary women who are tuning into their hearts and listening to their inner wisdom and listening to the calling that they're hearing to step up and to be seen and to be heard in their own unique space in the world. What this room is unleashing into the world right now is so important, and I get goosebumps just thinking about it. All year long, I've been saying that now is the time for women to step up and lead, and that certainly was our focus last week. So many souls saying yes to their journey. So many souls saying yes to their purpose. And what's even more amazing to me, earlier today when I was chatting with our Extraordinary Women radio guests. Dr. Anita Sanchez, to prepare for this interview, she shared what she was up to this past week. She's been at a week-long conference in Kauai with 13 indigenous elders from around the world, and they were focusing on two key areas. What is wanted at this time in our world, and number two, the importance of women leading right now. Talk about double-goosebumps. So many of us are feeling called, and to hear that this is the topic that was being discussed with Indigenous elders this past week, I think we're on to something. I really do, and I can't wait to get into this conversation with Anita around their discussions to hear what they were talking about, to go deeper into these, their, their talk. I met Anita a few years ago at a large conference called the Success Summit 3.0. This event makes my personal list of the top five most inspirational things I've ever done in my life. I met so many incredible people at that event, including Anita, and I was really fortunate to be sitting next to her at the opening ceremony, and we've stayed connected since. One of these days, my hope in my bucket list really is to go on one of the annual Pachamama journeys that Anita and her husband lead to the Amazon rainforest in Ecuador to learn about our connection to nature from indigenous tribes of the region. It's it's just something that I know I will do someday. I really, really look forward to it. Anita is committed to bridging Indigenous wisdom with modern life, to support our individual wholeness and collective conscious evolution in partnership with people, spirit, and the earth. With her loving spirit, presence, and skill, Anita inspires people around the world to discover and trust their gifts become life-giving connections to all in service and joy. So you can see why Anita is such a perfect fit for Extraordinary Women Radio. Anita is an international leadership consultant with four decades of providing training and coaching to tens of thousands of global leaders and their teams in diversity and inclusion, leadership, culture and positive change. Anita is a member of the Transformational Leadership Council with such luminaries as Jack Canfield, Marianne Williamson, John Gray, Lisa Nichols, and Lynn Twist. And just this fall, Anita released her new international bestselling book, The Four Sacred Gifts, Indigenous Wisdom for Modern Times. This book is beautiful inside and out. You need to get it. You need to own this book. You need to devour this book, just like I did. And today, we're going to get into some of the wisdom she shares in this extraordinary book, I am so excited to share this interview with you. Let's meet Dr. Anita Sanchez. Hi Anita, welcome, welcome. I I cannot tell you how honored I am to have you join us today.
1: And I'm very excited to be here. Thank you, Cami.
0: And so you've just gotten back from Kauai and you were sharing this with me this morning and you were meeting with 13 indigenous elders from around the world. And this just sounded like an incredible meeting of great wisdom. Can you tell us more about the event, who was there, and what types of topics you were discussing?
1: Yes. Well, the elders are—we're all indigenous, and they're from all over the world, um, from the Bering uh, Sea. Uh, mm-hmm. And we had people from uh, Australia who are aboriginal. Uh, we even had an elder from the Kalahari Desert from South Africa. We had a Russian elder. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, all over the Americas, uh, it's 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 happening. These Indigenous elders have been gathering uh, as we've been, I guess, in science and in general culture, we talk about you know. So we're fast approaching a critical tipping point. And that's a tipping point for for everything. Are uh, us as human beings having healthy relationships, being able to sustain life, as well as life on Earth, all of those things, and so. Through their ceremonies, they've been called to begin meeting together to bring their wisdom so that it it is then taken out of the world. So what made this extraordinary, Cammy, in addition to elders coming from all over the world and sharing their wisdom, is that we actually uh, videoed and filmed uh, parts of the gathering. Oh, so that wow. Way, yes. So it's it's translated into 10 different languages, and that way it can get pushed out into um, around the world in social media and in other ways. So I was just really so, f- I'm still so filled up. I'm still flying from the the wisdom, the information. It was inspiring and sobering.
0: So so when is um, it going to be available to, to see and view?
1: Hopefully it will be within a few weeks that we'll be able to get, um, there'll be 15 um, like three minute clips. And then there's a proposal in, to make an actual movie out of this. Oh, wow. um, Yeah, it's just very exciting. And I also want to say this is happening, again, all over the world. I know of another uh, gathering that's happening at the end of November. I'm invited to one in February in India. And a critical piece for your listeners and you, for all of us, though, is that women are seen and being heard, regardless of whether we're talking about science in the modern world or indigenous wisdom who were some of the first scientists all over the world are all saying that women are key.
0: Women are key. That's wonderful. So, so tell me more about that. What does that mean in these conversations? And I know you said that that was a part of a, a large focus of the conversation this past week. How are women showing up in the conversations and why is it so important right now?
1: Yes. Well, um, Because of what we know, that women have the capacity to include, to include uh, the head and the heart. So, Mm -hmm. just inclusion inside of, of your own gifts and wisdom, but also to embrace other beings as part of our makes us life-giving. We really are. And so why they point to this, it was rather extraordinary. Every elder from whatever tradition they are talked about thousands of years ago when the shift happened, where things became imbalanced, where there was a masculine, a patriarchal uh, imbalance, and that what we've been suffering from are just... um, what would we call our separation from ourselves, our mm-hmm. separation Mother Earth, has been because we need the feminine. And so that doesn't mean we no longer need men or we no longer need our mind, but what we're being called to do is to lead from our heart. Right. Bring the right. mind along, but leading from the heart. And we know, you and I know from working for, with women for so many years, that women have that capacity. And it's time to, to do that, whether we're talking about inside business and corporations in communities, and nations, wherever, it is time for women. It's
0: so funny you say that because I have all year long been saying, and I, you know, I've heard it all, all year long as well, is it is time. It is, it is something that I think the, the words, the, the callings, the pull for women to come together to, um, to rise up, to listen more deeply to their heart, to listen to that softer inner wisdom within us um, that can really help and change. And I think what's what's fascinating for me is that this is, um, you know, what you're pointing to is, is, is across cultures for so, you know, historical cultures that there was already a shift that occurred like this. So to talk a little bit more about that. And and, and is that why the indigenous um, gatherings are happening on a more rapid um, you know, more often right now?
1: Yeah. Well, it is the, because these are the wisdom keepers all over the world. Mm -hmm. So they're holding the original instructions and doing ceremony. What has happened in different parts of the world is spirit, as they do ceremony, they're hearing and seeing the same thing. Which in part is it is time to leave from the heart. It is time for the women not to take over. So now we're talking moving from patriarchy to matriarchy, but rather that we have the opportunity as human beings to actually swing the pendulum to the center right. and to have women and men exactly have the balance and, the and balance. And that so fits with what you just said and I said in terms of, of, of the hard work, but also we know in terms of what's happening. Uh, in terms of, you know, more than 60% of graduates from college all over the world are women. And we have these organizations and businesses saying, we need better engagement. Our engagement really is horrible, to put it nicely. We need more creativity and innovation, you know, to to, to create all these things that are needed um, for us to, to prosper and for the earth to be sustainable. And so we need to create the culture We need to shift to allow the engagement, the creativity, the innovation. And it's women, women who can do that.
0: Yes. And do you think these indigenous gatherings are somehow, I mean, you're you're talking about the spirit ceremony. And do you believe and this is kind of what, I'm, I'm kind of connecting dots here, but it's, mm-hmm. do you believe those, the, the, the spiritual ceremonies that are being held are sending out the, the energy, the waves the um, to others who can hear that um, and encouraging them to step up? And, and is that why we're seeing so many women really being called to do, you know, to do more in the world?
1: Yes, I think it is. Now, it all depends on what kind of worldview you have. And mm-hmm. here's what as well. Some people's worldview is more of I'm alone, I'm separate, it's all about the mind, it's all about the physical world only. And we've been in that time for some period right however now even scientists are seeing are being able to say well you know there's these other things we're first of all we're energy physicists are saying that you know biologists and now we're seeing the interconnection, interconnection to this to everything so when we hurt one thing it has a hurt and impact on something that maybe halfway around the world and all these things that the elders have been teaching us because of their acute scientific observation and way of living, they're saying now is the time. And women, we know, uh, so for example, we know from uh, just even uh, loans, microloans, the UN, the World Bank, and trying to help revive communities in different parts of the world, when they loan that money to men, not all men, I'm not trying to make a blanket and make it horrible or shameful to be a man, but what often would happen Overwhelmingly, what would happen is the men would take that money and squander it on alcohol and drugs and cars and things like that. Where overwhelmingly, 99.9% of the time, when the money is loaned to women, they put it into schools and hospitals, you know, into um, community things that build it, and 99 point some percent of the loans are paid back where they weren't with the men. It already tells you there's this mindset, there's something greater. So I think what I've seen and heard from the elders and what I've seen in talking to people all over the world in the last 40 years with my work is that women um, may be impacted by this uh, worldview of individuality. However, they've never bought the whole thing. <laughs> okay. Right. We know right. we're connected. Exactly.
0: Exactly. And it, it's interesting. I just, I, a few weeks ago, I did a, an interview with Elise Nelson, who's the CEO of Vital Voices, and they're doing work around the world, really empowering women in communities. And I sit on the the, the um, board of the Women's Foundation of Colorado, and it's about empowering women and, and within our state. And there's and, and and the belief behind all of these is exactly what you're saying, is that when you invest in women and you give them the resources, um, they change not only their world, but they change the lives of others around them and they change the lives of communities around them. And I think there's something really powerful about that um, when you look at how, how we can uplift um, whole communities around us when we... When we put that energy of we are all connected,
1: yes, that's absolutely you got it, Cammy. That that's what these elders are saying from all over the world, and there and the the that wisdom is coming through with really specific tools of how to do this, and that as you know is why I wrote the book, the Four Sacred Gifts: Indigenous Wisdom for Modern, Modern Times, because it was not only let's all look at at least explore the possibility of a worldview that says that in order to have Harmony and balance and peace. Sustainability means to be in right relation with ourselves, with people, earth, and spirit. But then how do we do this? We hear this oneness all the time, right? But then how do we do it? Right,
0: and, right. Because it's really easy to get cu- pulled out of it. And it's, and it's yes. it, it takes practice to come back to that oneness on a regular basis, right?
1: Exactly, exactly. And so that's what these four sacred gifts are about. And so it was fun with these elders this last week because um, there are a different group of elders from all over the world who back in the 90s um, did the initial gathering to put the four sacred gifts into a sacred hoop with a hundred eagle feathers and began taking it out to the world. And I've taken it out to business as well as into community all over the world. And now it's just like all of these, all these different tools as well as the worldview are coming out. And I'm just really excited to see to see people be ignited, particularly women and their, them seeing how important their voices are. And I just want to say, Uh, And and we talked a little bit at, at the Elder Gathering, too, in that it is a time for women. We've been taught because we're such caretakers and servers, and it's a wonderful thing. However, we also are leaders. Right. We have been leading for a long time inside of businesses, inside our homes, inside of communities. And we need not be carrying false humility. That is not what is needed by us, the Earth Spirit, at this time. So it's it's not to be a egotistic, but right. it is to say, I have the ability, I have some gifts. Let me use them, and welcome. Let's use yours, and let's bring them together. Let's collaborate. Yes, let's let's work together.
0: You know, I and I and I love what you're saying because there's, um, you know, there there ego is such a big word that we see so much of all around us, and. It it takes a lot of faith to just drop in and trust and say it's not about any ego. It's not about um, you know, and, and really finding that humility, and and really listening to that inside and saying what's supposed to flow from me at any given point, and how mm-hmm. and 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 listening. I mean, I, I I personally have done a lot of work this year making space for myself to just listen in, you know, what's supposed to come from me. And, um, it's been really a fascinating year, a fascinating Mm -hmm. journey for me. And what keeps coming back to me is, is this, this collaboration of, of women coming together. And, and like you said, somebody's best strengths coming along somebody else's best strengths. And that makes us stronger together.
1: Absolutely. So your wisdom that you're talking about, that's what, that's what I'm teaching. But that's what the elders have always said. They're okay, so one of the things I coined in my book when I was writing it last year uh, is that you can't Google wisdom. Now, that's not to say. <laughs> I love that. We have a lot of information, right, Kennedy? We have all this information. We have enough information to solve the world's global problems. We truly do. What we lack is the collective will, the imagination, and the wisdom. And where do you find that wisdom? Kenny, you just told us where you go to find it. First and foremost, go inside. That means being yes. quiet, making space. Turn off that smartphone, the computer. We're not talking about getting rid of it. I won't get rid of mine either. But it's like make space to listen to what's happening inside. Yes. That's one of the places. Yes, And another place is out in nature. Go, I mean, trees. Go stand outside. Go stand in the snow. You can keep your shoes on, but just get out into nature because it's it's restorative. That's why people, when they get crazy inside of businesses and homes, they go take a walk around the block. Right, That's such a good thing.
0: Nature is huge for me. I mean, it's it, when I wrote my book, um, Fire Dancer, and a, a lot of what is is what you're what we're talking about here is, is it's it was about taking people back into their journey and to to listening. To to who they are, what their strengths are, what their values are, but in doing it all, getting out in nature with it. And I think that that was, you know, and it was my personal journey when I, you know, left the corporate year, the corporate world all those years ago, and I felt really, really lost. And it was like, by taking that time and getting out in nature, and you know, paying attention to what birds were showing up. I, in fact, mm-hmm. I love in your book the the story that you told about writing your dissertation about how mm-hmm. the eagles sh- kept showing up for you. Yeah. I so related to that. I was like, oh my god, that is such a, such a cool story because I think there's so much wisdom, so much. Well um, so many lessons that we can learn if we just start to be more aware of the animals around us the nature around us and being curious why they're showing up for us when they're showing up for us
1: absolutely taking the time to do that I was just a couple of weeks ago was you know I think I'm pretty good at it but it's just like all right all the division that's happening across races mm-hmm. you know cross-gender, all, all the things. And so I went out while it was still warm and sat under a tree. And I I was in, I was still in this very headspace, going, okay, I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to meditate. And you're going to bring me the answer. Like, how could I do this better? And, you know, just real funny, laugh at myself. And then all of a sudden, as I just got quieter and quieter and just breathing and then start letting go of those thoughts and just being in my breath, then all of a sudden I started laughing. I mean, I just got this from the tree. And what it was is I need it. As you breathe, were breathing in the oxygen, oxygen, I could feel it flowing throughout my body. And it didn't say, okay, now this 39% is going to the indigenous part of you, Anita. That's <laughs> this percent <laughs> is going to the Spanish-Mexican part of you. And this 8% is going to the Greek. And this 2% is going to the North African. You know, it just, it was like, "Oh, this part's going to those female characteristics of you. And this, So I, I just started laughing. I'm like, oh my gosh, it really, you know is to be able to know that these differences do not need to be problematic. In fact, we need them. And we talked about that as elders of how this diversity in, in everything, if it's not diverse, if it becomes homogeneous, it, it dies. That yes. part of its strength is its diversity, as we were saying with the collaboration. So uh, again, it was like being in nature helped me get to that place again.
0: And, and the whole of you, right? It wasn't these, yes. these partial parts of you. It was yeah. the whole of you.
1: Yes, absolutely. <sighs> and we know when we do that for ourselves and, and provide the grace and space for each other to do that, um, whichever the environment is, it's just, it's powerful. And then the third place I want to make sure your listeners get that to go for wisdom is, um, is true indigenous elders. Because when you know they're true elders in that, oh, gosh, the energy was so great last week for those eight days. When they went to sing, when they went to pray, when they went to speak, the animals came. Kids got silent who were crying. I mean, it was amazing that you could, because they weren't about, now you must do this and you have to do that. Instead, it's this energy and spirit of inviting and And it's in that invitation that you bring it into your heart. And if it makes sense, then allow it to connect your head and move you forward in action. But if it does not, don't. So it's uh, really a loving kind of uh, way for you, you, where you empower yourselves. Nobody empowers you. We just create the space for one to do that for themselves. So it was just, it's, was such a great reminder and again it the elder said i'm so glad you named it the four sacred gifts well it was four sacred gifts but because this these are gifts too that we have but we already have them in ourselves and we just it's the invitation is please use these gifts because right. what set what spirit is telling us is if you use these four gifts then it will help you remember and live the connection between yourself people the earth and spirit. And with that, it truly is possible to have harmony and peace.
0: Mm, That's so beautiful. So, so beautiful. And I want to congratulate you on your international bestseller book. I mean, this is so exciting. The Four Sacred Gifts, Indigenous Wisdom for Modern Times. And I have to say that when I got it, first of all, um, it is the most magnificent the feel of the book is just, is wonderful. Right. It's like, I opened up the Amazon box and I was like, Oh my God, feel the book. I am very tactical anyway. I like Mm -hmm. to feel, I like to feel that. And then I started to read it and I couldn't put it down. I just devoured it. And, um, um, I am now going back through the book in in a second time. And I just, I feel like, it's really, really special, Anita. So congratulations oh. on this.
1: Well, thank you. And thank you for hearing the elders' wisdom. That, that was the intention for it to be there, to be of support to people so that they can then see which of the gifts is called to them. Mm-hmm. All gift, all the gifts are important, but sometimes one is at the forefront, and mm. you just move and move and move and use them all, and and it's, it's just wonderful. And I'll tell you, you're not alone. You would love meeting these elders. A number of the elders, it was um, when they flew to the uh, event last week, they read my book all, along the way, and each of them just were saying things like, yeah, we could feel it. You know, it's a hardback ebook and it's audio as well. And yes. there's a song I want to remind you on there, Kemi. if you look on the back cover slip, there's a downloadable free song that has, it's beautiful.
0: Oh, cool. Um, I, didn't, I didn't see that. Okay. <laughs> I, I will do that. I will do that. I mean, and then a, that, a question just popped up for me, I mean, is for my listeners, where, where would you recommend that they find contact with indigenous
1: elders? Yes, and that's an important one. That's in part what my book was doing too, and that's why I have 27 elders open the book and 16 elders close the book along with three young people who I call elders rising or um, mm. at Standing Rock. And the key is to to ask to ask people to go to your library, to search that way, to search in Google. Um, you can't Google the wisdom, but you can Google to find who these elders are, mm-hmm. and get, and then go go to the the events and things that they have open, and see if that resonates for you. And if it doesn't, you seek a different place. Right. But again, you always have your internal wisdom. You have nature. But these elders, I did. I, there is no way in a book to put all the different paranoias <laughs> and things from these elders. But and I'm not meant to. I felt in that sense more like. Twitter, I was kind of signaling, you can go there, you can go there, you can go there. So there, they are all over. But again, you know, you check it out like anything. We, we Discernment is important. Right. And so you do that. Right. And you listen
0: inside and see which ones you're really drawn to. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about indigenous wisdom. Um, what is indigenous wisdom?
1: Yes. Well, first of all, indigenous, we're all... Uh, if we look at it in terms of anthropological definition, we're all indigenous. Right. You and I, everyone is from the earth. When you
0: but, when you wrote that in your book, I was like, oh, my God, that's so cool. I love that.
1: Well, that's, you know, um, Neil deGrasse Tyson, uh, you know, Cosmologists, physicists—they all know we're made of stardust. We're made of the Earth. This—we're of every element that we see out there. Thank you for letting me see me. We're—we're we're all of that. So we are of the Earth. Now, what makes it Indigenous when I talk about Indigenous wisdom? It's those people, those cultures who kept the original instruction and the knowledge about what that meant, which means their connection to the Earth. And so even though ceremonies may be different in different places around the world, that connection, that earth is a living being, the animals, the trees, everything is a living being. The stars, we're all part of this living system rather than this hierarchical we're separate from kind of thing. Right. So that's what we're talking about in terms of.
0: Um, you know, when I um I did some shamanic journeys over the years, and you know what I've read about shamanic journeys is that, um, across different cultures, there's this similarity that happens, um, that you know it's like the again this wisdom that is there, that even though these different regions were weren't connected, they were they they carried. A lot of the same themes, and I think it's like this: this connection to nature, this connection to Earth. Um, there was this wisdom that, despite the the different places around the world that they existed in, they had that similarity. Correct?
1: Correct. We were always a part of each other. We are always meant to be in right relationship with each other, mm-hmm. and so that means that we, when we act, whether it's a thought or behavior. Um, that we are doing it out of a sense of knowing our connection. So as we say, even, you know, what we eat, we honor what we eat and know that it came from this life force. And, you know, we plant and we take care of the earth. I mean, there's there's this whole reciprocity that is happening that um, all too often um, in the late, you know, in the last few hundred years in particular, we've disregarded that. And it's all about, you know, consumption rather than, Hey, you know, we have all have these amazing gifts. Let's use them. Let's be in right relationship with each other. And, um, and, and then the, why you would do that is because it's happiness. It's joyful. It is responsibility, but then we don't have to be concerned about, Oh my gosh, the toxic levels, the pollution, I mean we I was just in San Francisco. San Francisco has a red hat as just as bad a rating on its pollution people staying inside as Beijing has. Oh, wow. All the pollution there because of those fires and the indigenous people of that region have been for several decades been going to the county and city there Asking them that they do a control burn because the dog patch that they always, over hundreds if not thousands of years, kept under control, and it was at a crisis level. They had just turned them down again. They turned them down every year a month before the fires. Oh wow! And the indigenous people were so sad because all the homes that were lost, the people that were lost, the animals and the birds that were hurt. It was like. We need to understand this. And now you're starting to see scientists like out of Harvard, E.O. Wilson saying the same thing. Oh, my gosh. This biodiversity is essential. <laughs> we're going and wiping out things, right. including insects. I mean, it's just, we're all interconnected. So the joy of one will be the joy of all. The pain, the hurt to one is the hurt to all. And if we could really get that, could you imagine what it would be like, Cami? Right. How, be with How each can all? change and we wouldn't have issues of engagement or of being able to be viable inside of companies, right? Or in our homes. We would. We, it would happen because we would be coming out of that mindset,
0: right? It would. It would shift things from every culture, from you know corporate cultures to to regional cultures to you know just yes.
1: yeah everything
0: yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So
1: tell us what the four sacred gifts are. Yes, I, yes, because it's not a secret. In fact, it's the Least, I mean, everybody needs to know these four gifts. So, when the elders gathered, the twenty-seven elders from around the world, they that weekend they built this hoop with a hundred eagle feathers. And, it, and when, it,
0: when was this? How long ago this was this? This was in nineteen
1: ninety-four. Okay, I've been using these gifts for twenty-two years. Wow, nineteen ninety-four. They put these gifts in there, and that hoop has been traveling all over the country for the twenty-two years. And providing healing, and, and, and you, so I've used it in corporations and, and stuff as well. So what's happened is, then at the end of that, they put in four gifts. And the first gift was the power to forgive the unforgivable. Mm. The second gift is the power of unity. So coming together. Yeah, unity that will take all of us, right, to create the world around. The third gift is the power of healing, and the fourth gift is the power of hope in action. And so nice. he, these gifts were put in there, and I asked, I know we want to go into them, but I know you'll ask me some questions, but I just want to say, I asked some of these elders who are still alive, like, how did you get the four? How did you decide on that? And they're all so sweet. You know, the ones that I could see their faces would sort of like look at me like, uh, Anita, spirit told us. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Of course. Of course. So right. we, you know, no negotiation, no compromise, no eliminating. These are the four gifts that Spirit said, you live these four gifts. Human being will remember our interconnection to people, earth, and spirit, and you will create harmony, sustenance, all of which is here that belongs to all of us, a re-emerging of belonging. Hmm.
0: So that was what they heard as they came together. That that was supposed to be the four gifts. Spirit mm-hmm. told that to them. Yeah. And let's look at each one and and really consider each one on why each gift is so important to our listeners and how it would benefit in their their world and what it means to them. Right. So let's look at the the power to forgive the unforgivable to start with.
1: Yes. And I think to start with that, let me say what forgiveness is not. Because I've, this is the, the gift, whether I've spoken at Google Singularity University or whether I'm speaking inside of a home or wherever, forgiveness is the main gift that people raise their hand that said, oh, I think I need to do a lot of work there. Mm-hmm. So when I say forgiveness, I am not talking about um, forgetting. I'm not talking about... Uh, staying, what I'm talking about is not staying locked in the righteousness of the pain and the hurt. So I'm not talking about you, oh, I'm not confident or I'm being passe or I'm being a traitor to what happened because this could be an individual hurt or it could be a huge collective. I mean, we know some big ones that have happened collectively to groups of people and the earth itself. But rather what we're talking about when I talk about forgiving the unforgivable is actually letting go of the hurt, the pain of what, what might have been that didn't happen. Right. And using your energy instead to claim back your self-love and that energy to have access to, to use with what you want to create now in the nice. present and the future, rather nice. than being imprisoned by old hurts. And I know a lot about the hurts because I, you know, between being a Mexican American, Native American, a woman, so I know racism and sexism and all of that. And my father was murdered. It was a racial thing. It was mistaken for a black man back in the 60s, you know, so all the racial stuff. And then also being, having been abused for nine years of my life as a small child. And I will say what is extraordinary is these elders whose very, our very people were commitments of genocide against them. They are the people who are telling us we need to consider forgiving the unforgivable. And when uh-huh. I do that, when I do that, I'll tell you, I get, I'm smiling from ear to ear. If your listeners could see me, <laughs> there's such a, such a sense of freedom that I didn't realize could exist. It's like when you learn to breathe properly, like, Oh my gosh, I didn't know the oxygen went right down to your toes. <laughs> feeling there's such joy and there's a reason why then we're meant to forgive the unforgivable
0: oh that's beautiful that's beautiful and i know in your book you give lots of of ways that you can move through to that forgiveness
1: yes yes Yes, there's lots of ways to do it. There's not one path. I give them examples of what I've done. And again, in indigenous elders' wisdom, I mean, there's things you can dance, you can, you know, sit and talk. There's ways to, all different kinds of ways to do that. But key, the first thing is to stop running. You'll find to all these gifts as we go through them, listening is a very important key. Because yes. if we actually slow down and listen to what is happening inside ourselves and what's happening to our bodies, are great containers are extraordinary things that are, will tell us the sickness we begin causing ourselves from holding on to some toxic, hurt, pains mm-hmm. in the street. It does create that, doesn't it? Yes. 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 And we deserve, we're meant to be happy. We're meant to be thriving.
0: Yeah, and even as you were describing all that, and before you said the word freedom, that was the word that dropped dropped into you know for me, it was like freedom. It, I could feel freedom with that. So, the freedom that comes on the flip side of of that forgiveness versus being held inside. Yes. I mean,
1: yeah. yes.
0: Okay. So, power of unity.
1: Yes. Well, I think we talked a little bit about that, but basically unity is to understand. The first unity we want to talk about is one that we know that women can go and lead about, which is when I was growing up, my elder would say to me, to all of us little kids, as we sat on the floor, he goes, often the toughest, but always the most rewarding journey in life is the journey from the head to the heart and back again. And that what he wished for all of us is many journeys from the head to the heart and back again. And I just mm. love that. So that unity, we're talking about inside and outside. But the more we can connect it up inside, the more we'll have access to be able to connect up outside. And the reality is we do nothing alone. We don't even sit here and breathe alone. The trees <laughs> and the but we have this illusion of separateness that causes suffering. So this unity, when we really understand and realize that, then extraordinary normal things happen that are life-giving. And yes. so there are lots of stories in my book about unity. And I think most people have those experiences when we come together as family, as co-workers, you know, as leaders in industry, and then as national leaders, when we can do that. Oh my gosh, that's what's meant to happen. And right. it doesn't mean we always agree on everything, but it means that we know that in that process of using that gift incredible powerful things will happen mm-hmm. and we're able to drop that illusion of separateness which I cannot I almost can't say enough it's like get rid of that separateness it's just it's, it's just causing such hurt
0: and I love that you you took it inside to start with and then it moved to the outside because I think that's that's very often when we think of unity we're thinking you know us connected to something else but that it starts within us. I think that's really
1: beautiful. It really does. And one of the things to use to people saying, well, I have a toggle trusting unity. I, I ask them, you know, you start with little things, just start every morning and every evening, just giving gratitude. When yes. you start giving gratitude, you start realizing very quickly. I don't care if you just start with your body. I thank you toes for working. Thank you legs for working. Thank you for my eyes for being able to see or my ears. to just Gratitude, gratitude, as many as you can in the morning, many as you can before you go to sleep, pretty soon you start realizing, oh my gosh, I'm not alone. I'm being held. I, I, I'm part of life force. I'm part of universe energy, God, Allah, Buddha, whatever it is that you call it, we are more than what we just seen. And then gratitude allows you to see that gift and the power of unity much more easily and trust it. Right.
0: Right, right. That's awesome. Okay, so the next, the third one is power of healing.
1: Yes, and healing, healing is an amazing um, gift. And um, in my book, I talk about four basic elements. And again, healing. There's all different sorts of ways healing. Indigenous elders from different traditions uh, look at healing. But one of four of the things that I found very much um, present to many of the different healings that have helped me in my own healing is first listening, listening in. Inside and then listening outside as well. Mm -hmm. Second is to have supportive relationships. Um, You know, and sometimes that could that could be a therapist, that could be a parent, that could be a child, that could be watching Mm. the baby. Yes, it can. It anything is healing is good medicine that aligns the spiritual, emotional, psychological, and physical plane. That means you and I can be good medicine. It also means you and I can be bad medicine. That's true for all of us. So first listening, second supportive relationships, third is unconditional love. And this is a big one because we all can work on, can we love ourselves? Women, we love and take care of so many other people, but are we doing self-care? Are we loving ourselves? Are we being kind to ourselves? So that's really important. It helps the healing process. And then finally, a commitment to creative, positive action. We must be in action. This isn't just about sitting back. This is about being in positive, positive action. And it doesn't mean some people are like, well, I'm not, I'm not sure what to do. So they, want it. they freeze up. I'm not going to make any move at all because, you know, like paralysis sets in because they're afraid. And I'm like, well, no, you know, just, just take one little mini step.
0: One one step at a time, and and it's yes. and and doing it with with love yes. and with the kind of energy that you want to be sharing yes. with the
1: world. Yes. And again, supportive relationships. So yes, we all need to use this powerful gift of healing. Yes,
0: I agree. I love that. Okay, and then the fourth um, fourth gift is the power of hope, and that and I think that's such a beautiful one for right now because there's so many people who are feeling frustration, who are feeling, you know. Things need to change, and and the anger and all of you know the, yeah. the that, that's happening in our world right now. So this power of hope that things can be different.
1: Yes, you you've got it exactly. That's what I'm hearing every week too. People's hearts are hurting. Things are such disarray, and so that some people are saying, "I'm hopeless," and I'm like, "Wait a minute, wait a minute," and and so and so, you know, my neighbor took away my hope when they did this, or my parents, or. Uh, my president, or my whatever it is. And then wait a minute, wait a minute, let's slow down. When we're talking about hope, first of all, hope is an energy source, and it comes from within us. Hope is a choice. When indigenous people, we're talking about hope, it is a choice. That means you have the choice of giving it away to somebody else. They don't take it away. You give it. So the power of that to you know, oh, my gosh, I really have, in spite of facts to the contrary, I still have the power to, to have hope. Yes. Think about all the companies that have been started around the world where people dreamt them, where they, you know, fiddled with things in the garages and other places. And they just imagine. And people said, oh, you're crazy. Give up on that. Give up on electricity. Give up on those computers. What are you talking about? That's so. And yet... They had this energy source, this image, this vision. So to have this hope, I tell people, you need to dream. You need to daydream. You need to dream at night. You need to just let go and allow that to happen. And we can just baby steps, just a little bit of imagining will help us to restore that. It is an energy source that can help us deal with all the facts, all the things that we're saying to the contrary. These elders... All around the world, all saints saying that there that we are creating peace. Yes, we can have a world in harmony. I and love that,
0: and I love that it's 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 an energy of expansion. Is what I feel yes. with this, right? It's it's there's nothing that is constricting about the power of hope. It is 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 so expansive, and it's it's the possibility shift and change.
1: Yes, and what we have to watch out for it's really the danger of doubt. And because I've looked at when I've lost, when I, you know, I have felt hopeless, like, oh, I'm never going to get out of this as a child of this situation. Or, you know, when some of my, um, my, I no longer say my clients were difficult because really my clients were just being my clients. It was me. What was I bumping in against myself? But it's the danger of doubt. When I start allowing fear or the uncertainty of what will happen, risk, possible failure. All these kinds of things are killers to the drive to create positive change. You and I know people who will stay in miserable situations and they'll call them miserable, but they won't do anything different because they know it. Right. And that's just like, oh, oh my goodness, hope. Hope is then that gift, that energy source they call in so they can begin to see, oh, this is possible. And once we have hope, once we have that vision of something different that's better, our whole body, our whole mind and heart will start pulling towards that. Right. And so we want to feed that. Nice. So dream away, as you say, just dream and image and, and do that individually and collectively with groups. I, that's why I love teams and working with groups of people, too, because what we can do collectively when we bring our imaginations and that hope-filled spirit oh, I've seen extraordinary things where down markets and people turn it around, you know, and where they say, you know, you, no way in this flat market can we get anywhere, but we do.
0: You know, I just had my Extraordinary Women Ignite event last week, and it was a whole room full of women that were dreaming of what they wanted to make happen in 2018. And and, oh, it, and um, women coming together like that and, and that dreaming and that that this is what i would love to make happen this is what's coming from my that inner wisdom in me and how i'm going to go out there and do it that there is such great energy in it there is such um it's it's it changes things it shifts things it's the trajectory that we're moving on that kind of energy uplifts everybody and i i love that i love that kind of support and how that that when you have hope how that shifts things
1: Absolutely. All, everything. And every one of us have stories of things, but we also then could look at the stories, not only of what are difficult and challenges, but also find those experiences where hope pulled us through, you know, because for every reason, Cami, I shouldn't be on the phone talking to you, what some people would say, and then I laugh and say, well, that's because you just didn't know. Just because I was <laughs> a woman, a minority, you know, sexually abused and and father killed and how, how the heck was I going to all of a sudden be in college by age 16? How was I by the early 20s going to already be in Singapore working with women all over the world? How was I going to be working with CEOs and executives and their teams of corporations? People would say, no way, that couldn't happen. Well, guess what? I dreamt. First of all, I think spirit had a purpose for me. And Second is that this dream would not let go from the time I was three. I still have this dream of what I'm supposed to do. I see the earth and I still see it like a little four-year-old's drawing. Picture the earth, all these stick figures, their hands aren't holding each other's hands. Their hands are on each other's hearts. And I know Mm. there's millions of us and I'm I'm one of them. I get to contribute as one of them. Right. And that's what each person gets to get it with hope and it'll inspire you. It'll pull you so that you not only do what you're supposed to do, but you be who you're meant to be here because we need all of us.
0: Yes. So why do you
1: think you were chosen to share this work with the world? People have asked me that and because I've had so many people go, well, you know, when you say it, it's so believable. Because you've had such an amazing hard life and yet are. So I think part of it is, um, I think part of it is that. I think part of it is because I have had um, pretty strong, not, I mean, others have had worse, but I've had quite a series of pretty, what some people would say, unsurmountable, and yet they are surmountable. Right. So that I come to the point to say, there is nothing that's unforgivable. There is everything is possible. And because they got the PhD and all those things that allow me to go into doors and places where this wisdom needs to be heard. And that initially it might not be heard from some indigenous elders who don't have those degrees. So then I pull them in and they get to hear from them too. Um, But uh, I, so I really believe it's my purpose. I know at this time I am to be one of those people helping each other hearts connect around the world. I do know that I inspire people to discover and trust their gifts so that they become a life-giving connector. Right. To all life. Right.
0: Right. And And, and that bridge that you, you know, you've created in your career of being able to take this, this, the sacred wisdom and be able to cross it over into corporations and leadership and um, bringing all of that. I think, you know, the role that you are traveling on this journey in this earth um, in this lifetime is, is really about creating that bridge across, across that.
1: Yeah. I think it is across all the differences. And, and you and I know, Cammy. Especially living where we live. We have all these scientists here who tell us, NCAR, NOAA, we have, you know, and 99% of the scientists all agree, we need to be in positive relationship with our Earth. We need to do those things that we now know there's 100 things we can do, and that's another conversation, but there are things we can do to re Versus global warming. There are things we can do to stop the divide, to bring together people, women and men, people of different races, and it's ours to do, and we get to do that. Right.
0: Right. Absolutely. I feel so blessed that, that, you know, we're being called to, to do the things that we're meant to do on this earth. And, and, and then we're listening, right? I mean, that's the, the beautiful thing about it is we get to listen to it and follow it and, and, and keep building the, the pathways before us. Um, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. So tell I me, tell me, cause we're going to get, towards our end here, we're going to run out of time (laughs) and Mm -hmm. I want to be, be respectful. So what are three pearls of wisdom that you would like to share with our audience? Not that you haven't shared already so much wisdom already with us, but if you were to say three things that kind of ties everything together that we've just talked about.
1: I think first is all my relations. We are all interconnected. And explore mm-hmm. that. Explore the joy of that and the responsibility of that. Right. Two is to use the four sacred gifts forgiveness, healing, hope, and unity. Use those gifts. They're yours, and you'll see tremendous oh, awakening in your life. And third, women. I love men. I love women. You are we need us, right? But we women do. It is time. It is time that we don't doubt. It is time that we lead from our heart. Exactly. You are supported. Please, you are supported.
0: Mm, that gives me goosebumps. I love it. I love it. And it is, you know, moving beyond the fear, moving beyond the anything that is, is keeping you playing small, but really standing up in your full light. Yes. 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 Awesome. Well, Anita, I am so honored to have been able to spend this time with you. And I thank you for all, for sharing everything that you are sharing in the world. And I continue. I, I really look forward to continuing to watch your journey and, and, and learn from you. One of these days I'm going to get to go on, I'm going to go on your, your trip. It is, yeah, it is okay. on my bucket list and I want to do that. So, um, it's something that I look forward
1: to. Great. And thank you. And thank your listeners. I love the work that you're doing. Keep going. This is, this is what we all need to be doing. So thank you so much.
0: Thank you. And one last thing, where can they, um, they can get your book off of Amazon and where can they learn more about your work?
1: Yes. They can go to foursacredgifts.com foursacredgifts.com. Or if they want to lear- learn more about the corporate work, they can always go to Sanchez tennis.com s-a-n-c-h-e-z tennis just like the game t-e-n-n-i-s.com awesome thank you so much Anita. thank you
0: i hope you liked this episode of extraordinary women radio if you did please share this podcast with your own special tribe of women and help spread the love the dreams and the inspiration are you thinking about making the next bold move in your life I invite you to take the Your Next Bold Move quiz at cammygellner.com to find out how you can jumpstart a passionate and meaningful next chapter. You may also enjoy my book, Fire Dancer Your Spiral Journey to a Life of Passion and Purpose, which is available on Amazon. In Fire Dancer, you will become intimately connected to your heart's calling and build the courage and resiliency to ignite your what's next. I'd love to hear from you on any of my social media channels. I'm on both Facebook and Twitter, and the links are available on my website. Till next time, my friend, listen to your heart, follow your
1: dreams, and be you.